Get rid of the fucking ponytail. Broken talk. 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 It's undiagnosed. My hair hurts. And then they lost the teeth. Wednesdays of the day. I've seen a man fight a goose. None of this makes sense. Boxer large watches. My cousin sold his left ear on eBay. Choose the path. Can you hear me? I once put my head through a closet door. I should have learned more good. Taco waterfall. Mud tunnel. Toilet snake. Mouth fizz. Country fart. Baked head cheese. Hot dog feet. Walrus train. French banana. Obvious crunch. Playing the clown. Broken talk. Broken talk. Broken talk. Broken talk. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another, you know, incredible episode of Broken Talk. The clichéest podcast of cliché podcasts, that's right. I mean, uh, I guess you could say we look at clips on this show, but isn't that what podcasting has become? Podcasting is just a bunch of, you know, random nobodies talking about clips they found on the computer. So essentially it's like, hey, how much time are you spending on the computer? But anyways, today's episode, guys, we got a lot of fun stuff. I've been checking into a lot of new content. I've been trying to watch some documentaries, really trying to get my true crime on. And that means I did a, a deep dive on YouTube. And yet, uh, by doing that, you find the most insane channels. Okay? Channels of, again, random strangers spending too much time on the computer where they're simply indulging deeper into what they like, I guess you'd say. And that usually is weird shit. And truth be told, that's exactly what we do here. We like to look at the weird stuff, but the main thing is, hey, we're sticking with the headlines. All right, we're going with the headlines. That's what we do. Why not? Why not be exactly like all these other podcasts that talk about the fucking news? So I guess we'll just get started with this first thing, and it's this ridiculous show. Ridiculous in a good way, but also ridiculous in the fact of the person who actually, uh, you know, created it or came up with the idea is already a filthy rich motherfucker. You know what I mean? It's like Hollywood's refusing to take ideas from outside people. They're just like, well, hey, this is an idea from this guy who already has a famous and popular show. Or this is a guy who's already been successful and he's essentially taking an idea that's really easy and saying, hey, I added this to it. But it's called live in front of a studio audience, okay? Now, it's not bad in the sense that it's unwatchable, but it is bad in the sense of you're giving these people that are just okay actors an experience into better actors, better shows. There's a lot of no-name people popping up on that show. Specifically, Snoop Dogg, okay? Damon Wayans. I don't understand why they get these people. I don't understand why they get Jennifer Aniston to simply play characters that have already existed and do one episode of one show. They had Norman Lear in the audience, and dear God... If you're 99 years old, get rid of the fucking ponytail. Okay? The ponytail wasn't cool on a guy almost ever. And when you also don't have hair on the top of your head, but you still rock a ponytail, 
that is so much worse it is absolute just depravity of human norms all right I mean that's the creepiest guy in my head I'm like okay this guy who is obviously just that into the ponytail that even when he loses all of his hair he says I'm at least keeping the tail gross gross it's just not a good look it's like shaving an entire dog but leaving the hair on the tail why <laughs> it's not a good look man And any man right now that thinks rocking a ponytail is a good look, you're out of your mind. Find a new podcast. I mean, unless you're some sort of a hippie living off the land type of, you know, Kai the Hitchhiker character. Find a new podcast. I mean, really, what, what, what do we think this is? What is this supposed to be? Who are you impressing? Are you impressing women because your hair's the same? I don't know if that works. I don't know if that works. It'd be great if it did. But anyways, this live in front of a studio audience, it's an interesting show. It's an interesting take, but I believe Jimmy Kimmel's the one that came up with it. And essentially all they do is they do one of the better episodes of an older show with new people. Okay, so think about American Horror Story and the way that they use... The same actors for a series. Okay? Same actors for the whole series. All Jimmy Kimmel did was say, Hey, what if we didn't have to write a fucking thing? What if we didn't have to sit down and write a new storyline whatsoever and we just put it on TV somehow? What if we did that? Could I make a bunch of millions of dollars again? And and be skinny? Ugh. I mean, let's be honest, the oh, the the ridiculousness that is Jimmy Kimmel and his weight loss is probably the reason he's not funny anymore. When he was the chubby friend that sat next to Joe Rogan or Adam Carolla on the man show, we could respect it a little more. But now you got Jimmy Kimmel, you got Jimmy Fallon, you got James Corden. I mean, Jesus Christ. Is there anybody worth watching? I was about to go over to Lily Singh. Get some quality comedy. But anyways, this show was created essentially to grab a bunch of money for a bunch of people. Unless they were doing this for charity, which I don't think that, that was ever implied. But if they were, hey, they made a lot of money for it. Because a lot of people watched it. I saw it. And, you know, it's fun. I like the idea. I love the concept. But here's the thing. Isn't it only a matter of time before they start doing that with music? Right? Where they take a bunch of old famous rock stars, new famous rock stars, new famous musicians, old famous musicians. And they make them play the classics. Okay? But they play them together. So... Oh, sure, we're playing a Led Zeppelin song, but of course, in this song, it isn't Jimmy Page playing the guitar. It is Slash from Guns N' Roses, so how fancy is that? And instead of, uh, you know, Jim Morrison singing this um, 
version of People Are Strange, we got fucking Justin Bieber, okay? I don't know. I'm just throwing shit out there. I'm simply saying that because, uh, you know, he's a popular singer and I'm out of the loop. I just don't know any, what, Lil Pump singing the doors? I don't fucking know. What do you guys want? Um, but it led me to this, you know, speaking on the fiscal responsibilities of these shows and what they bring and give and all that jazz. Um, I can't help but to wonder if the modern day celebrity, the people that we tend to enjoy or see most often or know are the most wealthy, are they more fiscally responsible than actors and celebrities back in the day? Because I don't know for sure that Charlie Chaplin ever owned a castle, but I do know for a fact that Brad Pitt does. So I'm just wondering, is that even fiscal responsibility? Or is that more like, I've just got so much money, it doesn't matter. Get whatever, you know? Is that what it is? Because that's what it certainly feels like. But then again, there are a lot of other celebrities like Ryan Reynolds who are going out of their way and they're purchasing vodka companies or, you know, a company that makes t-shirts or what, you know what I'm saying? They, they do go that direction. And that's fine. Do what you gotta do to make your buck. I mean, we're all doing that as, as you can see. But <clears throat> the reality of it is, for me, I just... I would hate to rent or buy or purchase things I would hate to rent a property from you know JK Simmons <laughs> you know what I mean like that's just a it'd be weird it'd be cool kind of like this is the guy that you're paying rent to but how, what are the chances you're gonna see him I mean you, you rarely see the guy that you're renting from now But I'm just saying, they seem to be owning a lot more properties. They're buying basketball teams. They're they're into Canadian hockey teams. Whatever it is, they're just out here buying up shit. I mean, one guy, I don't even remember who it was, purchased a parking lot. Just bought the parking lot. He said, hey, we want to be close to this place. Might as well just buy the parking lot. Let's just do that instead. It's easier. We'll be right here. And if I ever need somewhere to go, all I have to do is get a camper. And there you go. Get a camper, bring it in, and you got this asphalt desert. Right? If it is asphalt, I have no idea. But on to some news, guys. On to some sort of headline, sort of news. Uh, let's just keep going. Here we go. Okay, so the first thing in news, or whatever you want to call this, I noticed that uh, YouTube doesn't have a dislike button. Okay, well, it has a dislike button. You just don't get to see how many dislikes a person's got. 
And I'm sure there was this giant table with all these people in suits and, and pantsuits and nice dresses discussing this particular thing. How do we make this better? How do we make people make more content? Well, what if we just take away the like button? Well, we can't do that, Susan. We'll need to know if it's disliked at all. We'll know. We just won't let anybody else know. Because other thing is, too, is it's like... It was such a rare occurrence to get more dislikes than likes. But also, if you're living your life going through likes on YouTube, like, you have to make sure that you give this particular thing a like every day or a dislike every day. What is your existence, man? How do you exist? How do you consider that a life? You're like, I get up every morning, I make sure that I give this a down vote. I go back through and I check the ones that haven't been downvoted, and uh, that's my day. So, you know, I'm awesome. But I don't really know how much that helps. It doesn't help that much to be like, oh, don't forget to keep the, the, commu the, the comments within the community guidelines. You're like, has anybody read the guidelines? I don't think anybody knows that there was... I don't think anybody even knew that there was a guideline. Most people are just like, yeah, I'm just going to say whatever the fuck I want about whatever I want and however I feel it and uh, at whatever time. So there's some improvements there, I guess, if that's how they want to look at it, you know? No dislike button. No dislike button. How cool. How cool. It's going to make people make more content that isn't good. Uh, but anyways, I also watched on YouTube, speaking of which, you can find this there. It's simply called Windy City Heat. And I'll tell you what, that is a rough name to say. Windy City Heat. Windy? I just want to say Wendy. I don't know why. Windy City Heat? I don't know. Too many eyes. But yeah, it's this uh, movie where they, I guess it's a movie, where they trick this idiot into thinking he's going to be in a movie. And I, I still just didn't understand it. I, I didn't get it. It didn't make sense to me. Like, uh, yeah, they're following this guy around. He wants to be this actor guy, and he's not. I don't know. It's fucking dumb. It wasn't good. And also, if it was so good, how come all the people that were in this movie aren't doing shit? These are just, like, four comedians who end up getting a cult following. You know, they have 40, 50 people that just obsess over anything they do. And they watched this movie. I mean, let's be honest. Nobody even knew about this film until an episode of the podcast Kill Tony. Because Don Barris was on there at one point. And again, you're like, who the fuck is Don Barris? Hard to say, man. It's hard to say. But these are guys that just hang around the comedy store. These are guys that, unlike Joe Rogan, they're never going to leave. And it's not because they have to keep paying for their mortgage that they're into for 60 years. It's simply because they love it. They have those 11 people that come every night and stay past midnight to watch them do okay comedy. If you're fine with that, be fine with that. But it does seem too routine, unexciting. There can't be that much going on. And you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to stay here while everybody else takes off. But the funny thing is, too, is it's like everybody who left and went to Texas was essentially doing much better anyways and went to Texas to only do that much more better, right? Because they could have stayed around here. They could have stayed around L.A. 
They could have stayed around the, the West Coast, but it's more expensive. So the money that they've already made moving to Texas makes them richer. And nobody's talking about this. They just think that the comedy scene is so fucking special down there. And it's like the reality of that is how many good Texas comedians have we ever even heard of? Okay? Not many. Look at the ones that are there and remain there. Ron White? That's it. That's the only one. There's nobody else that's from Texas that became a famous comedian. Okay? It's just not a thing. So for them to sit there and try to argue that they have the best comedy scene down there is a little ridiculous. Why is it the best? Because Rogan's there? Because Tom Segura's there? They're old. They're out of their prime already. Neither one of those guys got real true fame until their 50s. All right? And Tom Segura's not even 50 yet. <laughs> you see my point? But, no, let's look this up. Let's actually look this up. Let's see how many famous comedians are from Texas. Let's see. Texas... Comedians. Okay, so I'm, I lied. Okay, well, so far, I, I will eat my words a little bit and say this. I find that uh, Mike Judge and um, Steve Martin are from Texas, I guess. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't have any you know, deep evidence on Mike Judge, but Steve Martin, fine. Okay, Steve Martin and Ron White. All right, but let's compare that to New York, to Chicago, to Los Angeles. And you're going to tell me that somehow now because Rogan and Tom Segura went to Texas that it's just blown up. Tony Hinchcliffe. Don't forget about old Hinchcliffe. He's down there as well. So, yeah, they must have a huge scene. No, what it is is it's a fucking gang down there. You got these comedy heads that feed everything through Joe, through Rogan, through Joe Rogan, essentially, and without him, they don't exist. They don't exist. Nobody knows about Hinchcliffe without Joe Rogan at all. I just don't believe it. I don't believe it. I mean, it'd be one thing if somebody else went down there, like, Kevin Hart moved to fucking Austin, Texas. <gasps> then, then maybe we could trust what you're saying. If Sebastian Maniscalco moved to Texas, then we could believe what you're saying. Okay? If Dan Soder, Big J. Okerson moved there, maybe. Maybe. But since it's just these guys who, I mean, outside of Tom Segura, Rogan hasn't done comedy in what, four years? Five years? What, he's running up there on stage with Chappelle doing the same five, five fucking jokes that he's known since 1999? Great. Go hump a bar stool, buddy. But let's continue on here, guys. we got to get the fuck out of here. I don't want to do a long episode today, even though I don't do long episodes. Anyway, uh, one thing before we go, we get to this last little subject. So now that I started this new show, Broken Talk, and I've let people know, and I've showed it, I've uh, posted it out there, I put it on the stories, I let the, the world know over at That Dude With Ears on Instagram. Uh, you know, I got favorited... And a voice message already from this fucking stinky turd who keeps trying to think that somehow we're associated or we're going to be associated or I want anything to do with them. Be aware, guys. I make this show for myself more than I do you. I'm having fun while I do it, whereas you might not have any fun while you listen to it. And that's also cool. 
But just know, I don't want to be a guest on your show. I don't want you to be a guest on mine. I don't need the comments. I don't need the reviews. I don't need any of this stuff because I'm still going to do it. So you don't have to send me voice messages because I just don't care. I'll just go and delete it and block you and move on with my life. You'll have to figure out another creative way to get a photo of a cat and make another fake account to come and fucking pretend like we're somehow the same. We're not the same. But let's go. We're going to look at some uh, very entertaining live drunk or drug performances. Let's do it. All right, so this this source is actually from WatchMojo.com. It is a YouTube channel. I think it's probably a website, too, with the .com. Or just really taking the idea of this being your channel too seriously. But it, but it, this is simply Top 10 Celebrities Wasted on Live TV. It is from four years ago. Uh, who knows who it's going to be, but I'm excited about it. Let's see. I feel good. Number 10, Anna Nicole Smith. You never know what you're going to see on live TV especially when Anna Nicole Smith was involved. The former model and television personality was known for her hard partying ways. Her bizarre behavior was seen on everything from talk shows to her short-lived reality show, The Anna Nicole Show. Still, no one could have predicted her memorably hazy appearance at the 2004 American Music Award. Okay, so I, I definitely remember this one happening. I remember seeing this one live where Anna Nicole was out of her mind. I don't think uh, she was actually drunk. I'm pretty sure she was on a bunch of pills, but you could not understand a word she said. Couldn't understand a word she said. So let's keep going. I mean, that's usually how it works when you're fucked up, you know. For an album, I want this guy to produce mine and make me beautiful duets. Her boozy performance made the rounds on the internet, and Smith later denied being drunk. But popular opinion and video suggest otherwise. Number nine, Tracy Morgan. I have an apple juice. Oh, we don't have apple juice, sir. Then I'll take a vodka and tonic. This funny man is known for playing a parody version of himself on 30 Rock, and he played up his partying ways for laughs both on the show and in his stand-up. But on his appearance on El Paso's KVIA morning show, Morgan was playing it for real. Okay, so this is pretty interesting. I've never seen this one. I think I've heard stories of Tracy Morgan being drunk uh, during an interview type of situation. But I'm also thinking here, uh, why wouldn't you? It's obviously super early in the morning. Super, super early in the morning. With uh, these interview shows, you know, when you're... Promoting your stand-up, you got to do these uh, radio shows that are just ungodly early in the morning. And if you have to go to them and they're filmed, just type that into YouTube. You're going to see some bangers of comedians destroying on uh, morning TV. So let's see Tracy's appearance here. And was clearly still recovering from a night out at the local strip club. Texas El Paso, I'm telling you, man, I went to Jaguars last night. I love oh, the ladies here. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. Despite the interviewer's best efforts, the interview quickly went off the rails when Morgan inevitably took his shirt off as part of, quote, a mating call. You hear that? Look at that. That's a mating call. <laughs> That's a mating call. The ludicrous segment was something even the 30 Rock writers couldn't make up. 
Number eight, Ben Affleck. They would like okay, so I definitely like the Tracy Morgan one. The Tracy Morgan one is great because he takes his shirt off. And m remember, guys, when Tracy first came on the scene, he was a bigger guy. He was not in good shape. That's why when he got skinny, he got that weird, my arms are too skinny, but I somehow still have a stomach body, you know, like an emaciated child. It's just, it's no good. You got to put some muscle on. You got to have some muscle underneath all that fat guy. It's like, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's really an obvious sign that you didn't, you didn't do anything physical. It's like those there's some there's some fat guys that think they're strong, just because they're big. And there are some, but most of them just no, they can't do anything. They've never done anything physical. That's why if they do lose all that weight, Jimmy Kimmel, they look like a pencil. Make it better if you did the show topless at the station, wouldn't they? Affleck has been the star of several inebriated interviews, but nothing quite compares to his 2004 appearance on Quebecois TV. On set to promote his film Jersey Girl, the actor spent his time groping host Anne-Marie Lozick instead. Sir, what are you doing? Stop moving. Oh my God, here's the fucked up thing about what this looks like is if this is really what, how did she get into his lap? I'm not victim blaming at all. I mean, of course, there could be a case here if she wanted to take him down. Why would she let this happen? Why would, I mean, he's literally got her wrapped around in his thighs and she's laughing and he's tickling her. It's like, what kind of relationship do you have? Ugh. Even if he is wasted, like, what the fuck? <laughs> The clip features an intoxicated Affleck flirting his way through the interview and making multiple references to the host's body and somehow finding an opportunity to make fun of people with disabilities. Don't make me look like I am retarded. I look like I have cerebral palsy now. <laughs> wow, so three years before this, the guy was in rehab and he comes out and he's drunk as shit again. Which, hey man, do what you do, but it's also like... What are you doing? You know you're going to be filmed at almost everything you do. So put on the best face first. But there are those people that are shitty drunks that are also think they're great drunks. Huh? Number seven, Courtney Love. We don't need to hear about Courtney Love being drunk on live television. I mean, it's not uncommon. It seems like when she types up a description for like... a. a Twitter or some shit, it's like, Ben drunk on live TV. 2000's revival, thanks to the reality sensation American Idol. But more than a few people questioned the judge's sobriety thanks to some slurred words and flirty behavior. Uh, th did you like that, Paula? Oh. The face move? Maybe when Jared does it. Oh, come on. <laughs> it all came to a head when she appeared on Seattle's Q13 Fox Morning News in early 2007. Paula Abdul. Despite the host's many attempts to keep the segment on track, the swaying singer had a series of nonsensical answers en route to internet infamy. Right off the bat, what do Idol fans have to look forward to this season, and what are you looking forward to seeing? Well, is that what it is? I was wondering, what is that? Her publicist later attributed her behavior to fatigue and technical difficulties. Oh my God. So they say fatigue is gonna cause a person to be like, what? That's wondering what it is, what is that? That, cause you're tired? How tired? How tired are you? When you have people that would literally carry you, literally carry you, 
because you got that kind of money, you're still like, oh, she was sleepy. She was a bit sleepy. She's been working too hard. It's like your job is just to put on a nice dress and get your makeup done and then judge other people. Seems like something you could do on the daily, kind of what we do in podcasting. But few seem to agree. Number five, Danny DeVito. For this infamous 2006 interview on The View, DeVito showed up direct from an all-night bender. <laughs> no, I knew it was the last seven lemoncellos that was going to get me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Trying to, like, you know, figure out what to do with our country and our women and men in the military. Yeah. <laughs> DeVito channeled his inner Frank Reynolds by exhibiting all sorts of cartoonish behavior. And you loved and working with Matt. Yeah. And there's a lot of other stuff. Yeah, in it I know. Very Honey, funny. read that. Read that right there. Okay, so Frank Reynolds, a.k.a. Danny DeVito. I mean, the guys are ultimately one and the same. Why, why not? Who, who gives a shit? If you're not doing anything that's super crazy, that is, is, is hurting someone's feelings or negative in any way, it's like, just be a little tipsy. You're an adult. You have people that drive you everywhere. You have a guy that probably got you dressed. Because you know for sure Danny DeVito was talking about the fact that he was still wasted the entire time he was in there. He's like, yeah, fucking fucked up. He went through makeup. He went, talked to the driver, talked to makeup, everybody, saying wardrobe, saying how wasted he was, and that was that. And they were still like, yeah, bring him on. It'll be hilarious. But the last one, Mark Wahlberg here. Number four. Mark Wahlberg. I don't drink. No, it's a recipe for nope. disaster. No. But I, I said, did take acid about 40 minutes ago. <laughs> when this actor made an appearance on The Graham Norton Show in 2013. The Irish host is known for feeding celebrities alcohol, but it's clear that Marky Mark had one too many shots of something before going on camera. Many people have been wrongfully convicted, and yeah. the system is flawed. So we need to figure that out. And, and our elected officials, more than not, are corrupted by power and enticed by money. And that's, that's a problem. That's a situation that we need to deal with. The 15-minute interview felt like it lasted an eternity, especially after Wahlberg interrupted guests and cozied up to both the host and Sarah Silverman. His factory outlet. It smells <laughs> so good. <laughs> All right, guys, so there it is. Um, there's the Broken Talk episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, subscribe, do all that stuff. Subscribe and like and share and blah blah blah. But you know, we'll be back with a more cohesive show. Latro. Broken Talk is produced, edited, and hosted by Patty Broken Skull. Find more at that Bluesvideos on Instagram. What you heard, share with a friend, and subscribe. Thanks for listening. Broken talk. 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 Goodbye.